MSing About Productions presents MSing About, a podcast about nothing. I'm Ian Hayden, an award-winning comedy writer who happens to have MS and, as usual, I'll be messing about with my sidekick, Kira, pianist and singer Katrina Christensen. Hello, Katrina. Well, hello, Ian. Before we get down to business, a bit about our sponsor, Solace Sleep. Solace Sleep is Australia's number one manufacturer of adjustable beds. Check them out at solacesleep.com.au. So, what's on the agenda today? Who knows? What do you know about cauliflower? Mmm, cauliflower. I actually made cauliflower soup the other day. Do you eat cauliflower? I love cauliflower. It's part of the brassica family. Oh, oh, yes. you d- it is, it, which is mustard. Yes, yes. And well, it doesn't look like mustard. It doesn't look like mustard. And, and typically you eat the white part and sometimes the white part is called Can we come herd. back to cauliflowers <laughs> in a minute? I didn't know you had a degree in cauliflower. <laughs> Before we do, I wanted to ask you something. All right, yes. I was watching a quiz show yesterday and none of the questions got a particular answer right, which made me feel rather old. Oh. And you're a singer. Yes. Yes. And so the question was, name the singer who wrote the song Mercedes Benz. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Oh, I know the song. Oh, do you? It was, re- yeah. it was actually released before you were born. Do I have, um, do I have the uh, A, B, C or D options? Your... All right, I'll give them to you. Jimi yeah. Hendrix, mm-hmm. Joan Baez, mm-hmm. Janis Joplin, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. Mm. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Well, you got the song. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it's... It was, it's... Re- it was co-written by the singer. Yeah, I feel like So you can knock Bob Dylan and Jimi Hendrix out. Yeah, yeah, it's either Janis Joplin or Joan Baez. And I want to say Joan Baez. Well, you'd be wrong. Who was it? Janis Joplin. It was Janis, there you go. Now, Janis was found dead from a heroin overdose in room 105 at the CD Landmark Hotel in Los Angeles. Right. Do you know how I know that? No, but I've you're going to tell me. I've been there. <laughs> to the same room? You can still book the same room now. Oh. No, I didn't stay in room 105, but okay. I went on that Graveline Tours thing where they put you in a hearse and took you around to where all these famous people had died. It's the best, <laughs> best thing I've ever done. Anyway, <laughs> now she died in 1971, which is a few months before you were born. No, I'd say probably a whole year. A whole I was born year. Seventy-two. Okay. Well, it was a few months before an album came out called Pearl. Right. That had Mercedes Benz on it. Her and, album. Yeah. Right. And her biggest hit. Which was. Me and Bobby McGee. Me and Bobby McGee. Oh, I sing that song. Can you give us a few yeah. bars? Come Buster on. Buster flatten in Baton Rouge, waiting Me. for the train, feeling good as good as my jeans. No, <laughs> I, it's, no I know. I don't know the words. I think it's fading. <laughs> fading as... We'll cut that out. We'll cut no, no, no. I like the busted <laughs> flat. Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, you know. All right. When she died. I've never been good with lyrics. Let me just put that out. Okay. Mm. When she died, Mm. she was 27. She was only 27. She was a card-carrying member of the 27 Club. Do you know the 27 Club? Oh, look, I can imagine it's anyone who died at 27. And do you know who's in that club? Who? Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Brian Jones. I don't know him. He was a member of the Rolling Stones. Oh, right. Uh, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse was only yeah. 27. Janis Joplin, oh. Jimi Hendrix. What a waste, 27. Yeah. 
and out in the games room. Gee, they looked a lot older, though. Let me just well, parts of them were a lot older yeah. with the drugs. Yeah, that's but it. out in the games room, we play mm. pool mm. for the Brian Jones Memorial Pool Trophy. <laughs> you know why? He was 27? He was 27, but he was found dead at the bottom of his swimming pool. Oh. So it's the Memorial Pool Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. And thank you for the few bars. I think the second line is, when I was feeling near as faded as my jeans. Something like that. Feed, when I when near I as faded as, as my jeans. Yep. That's it. And it was written by Chris Christopherson. Do you it, know it him? It was. I do. I do okay. love Chris Christopherson. I've got... Hubba, I've, hubba. Hubba, hubba. He, oh, he he's 87. A, he was a good-looking man when I was growing up and he was in movies. He was in movies? Yeah. He was in that movie with Barbara Streisand. Uh, Star is Born. He's he played so Bradley shocked. Cooper in that movie, I think. Yeah, right. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, well, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper's character, yeah. Yeah, and, and James Mason, who did it with Judy Garland. Anyway, enough of movies. Oh, right, yes, OK, enough sorry. Enough of movies. We digress. Chris Christopherson yes. was a Rhodes Scholar. Was he really? Yeah. Oh. Went to Oxford University. Who knew? I knew, that's what I'm telling you. And he <laughs> oh, sorry, he got a... But he also got a blue for boxing. A blue for well, boxing? Well, a blue is a, um, a, th- a high thing at Oxford University. Right. And another Rhodes Scholar yes. was Bob Hawke. There you go. And in 1954, he got the Guinness Book of Records, what a Guinness World Book of Records, for drinking a yard glass of beer. That's two and a half pints in 11 <laughs> seconds while he was at Something Oxford. Something to be proud of. Now, what were we podcasting about today? Cauliflower. Oh, cauliflower, yes, cauliflower. <laughs> and you interrupted me when I was trying to tell you uh, that yeah. the white part is sometimes referred to as curd because, oh, it? It, yeah, it resembles cheese curd, that sort of motley, you know, broken up. And it also mm. is called the head. It is called the it's head. head I don't want. Well, it's a very nice head. You should try my cauliflower soup. All right. It is really lovely. I've got, I, I've got, I, I didn't expect you to have that degree <laughs> in cauliflower because it's the only vegetable in the world yes. that contains all five vowels, A-E-I-O-U. Well, there you go. That was my Even bit of trivia. to eat it. <laughs> that was my trivia. And it comes in four colours. It does, actually. White, I, white, white orange. Purple. Purple, I've yeah, never purple. seen orange. And green. Green, green. yeah, I've seen the green. I've only ever seen the white one. And I've got a quote. Mm. Mark Twain said that cauliflower was just cabbage with a college degree. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint oh. you by knowing so much. Well, I know we're talking about the head of cauliflower. <laughs> head of you wouldn't like to be in my head, I know, but I wouldn't no. like to be in yours either. Oh, you no. know far too much about cauliflower. <laughs> We can, You'd get lost in my head. We're gonna get we're gonna get twenty minutes out of cauliflower. Oh no, surely not. Yeah, I've got a. a Do you well, want my recipe? Uh, well, okay. It can be. Uh, I know it can be boiled or steamed or grilled mm-hmm. or fried, or even Baked. eaten raw. Yes, I've eaten it raw. Yeah, and it all tastes to me just as bad without a white sauce. But look, I'm a big fan of just roasting it with some yeah. garlic. I put a little bit of turmeric on top and olive oil, salt and pepper, throw it in the oven, roast it up, then bring it back out, chuck her in a pot. Oh, and thyme. You've got to put thyme on Oh, thyme, yeah. How, yeah. how much thyme? About an hour? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, roast a cauliflower yeah. cooks really quick, so you've got to watch it, otherwise it'll burn. So, But then you pop that in the pot, pop it within your stock and um, a little oh, bit of I, salt and pepper to I taste. came into this podcast thinking you would know nothing about <laughs> cauliflower. Well, you're going to have to tell me the topic before we do the podcast next time. <laughs> All right. 
Now, I know you've got a, you've just told me a recipe. I'm mm. going to get another recipe mm. because I'm catching up with our 97-year-old friend Flores tomorrow and she'd have to have a cauliflower and white oh, sauce recipe, wouldn't I'm she? I'm sure she would. Let's I find want her. the white sauce recipe, please. That's a bit I'm after, too. It's time for Flores. Johnny bought this beautiful, it was a huge cauliflower at Aldi, beautiful cauliflower. And, uh, but instead of making a, a white sauce, she put cheese, it had cooked the cauliflower, and while it was hot, she put cheese slice on it. Mm-hmm. And the cheese slice melted onto the cauliflower, and it was lovely. How do you make a white sauce? Well, you have milk pepper and salt and some butter and you melt it and you put your cheese in and you constantly stir it and with your milk you keep thinning it to you know it's a consistency that you want the sauce and you have to keep stirring all the time because otherwise it'll burn and um, once you get it to the consistency that you want it you just let it cook for a minute or two stirring it all the time and there's your cheese sauce. Have you heard of cauliflower ear? Oh, I have heard of cauliflower ear. Ah. That's usually when someone has a knock to the ear. And who and you, who gets a knock to the usually ear? Usually a footballer, because they're stupid enough to do that. <laughs> usually a footballer, sometimes a boxer. A boxer, yes. Chris yes. Christopherson might have damaged ears because oh, right. he got the boxing blue. That would affect his, his music if he couldn't hear. And I, you just reminded me, you know, I said he was 87. Hmm. Well, he's probably got less time than we've got left. Mm. And you know what he wants to have on his headstone? No, what? The first three lines of Leonard Cohen's Bird in the Wire. I don't know that song. Like a bird on the wire, like a drunk in a midnight choir, I have tried in my way to be free. Oh, that's quite pretty, isn't it? It's a pretty song. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. We won't do boxing, we'll do rugby. I want to talk to you about rugby. Okay, fire away. Do you know how rugby happened? How it was invented? Look, I could have a stab at it, but it is. Okay, it was invented in 1823 at a school in England called Rugby. Right. When a young boy playing soccer by the name of William Webb Ellis mm. was playing soccer and he picked up the ball and ran with it. As you would. And there's a World Cup rugby competition going on at the moment. Yes. They play for the Webb Ellis Trophy. There you go. There you go. That was a bit of trivia. So everyone ran after him and they decided to make it a game. Yeah. There you go. Little From things, little things, big, big things, things grow. grow. <laughs> Our mate Dave was chatting oh. with him. Yes, how is Dave? He's Dave's fine. He never got a cauliflower ear, and you know why? Why? I'll let him tell us, because he loves talking about sport. <laughs> I hated sport at school with a passion. Uh, when I got to Westminster College in uh, Adelaide, we had this uh, PE teacher. Can't remember his real name, but we called him Muscle Brain. He told him uh, that I had to play footy, and I told him that I didn't want to play footy. In fact, I told him where to put the football which was probably a silly thing to do because we may, he, he made me do a couple of laps around the oval holding a, a broom above my head. I don't think that made a man out of me either. Anyway, while all the other kids were practising football, I was practising my guitar. And after about six months, I could kick that guitar through a set of goalposts from about 80 yards. I still hated sports when I left school too. 
I formed an association. Um, it was called uh, Sporting Anonymous, and the idea was that if you ever felt the need to play a bit of sport, you gave me a ring, I came around with a few beers, a couple of bottles of wine, and I sat with you till the urge went. Now, back to rugby, oh, the, yes. the school, the school. Right, yes. I looked up rugby, the school, and I said, I wonder what famous alumni they've got. Mm. Who went there? Well, And who did? Who did? Charles, <laughs> Charles Ludwig Dotson. Right. He's better known as Lewis Carroll. I was going to say, is he a poet? Lewis yeah, Carroll, Palace yeah. in Wonderland. Yeah. And Salman Rushdie. There you go. And Salman Rushdie said the only thing he was proud of about that school was that Lewis Carroll went there. <laughs> <laughs> he had that in common. And is that it? Just those two? I had a fi- <laughs> and a fictitious hero went there called Tom Brown and the book was Tom Brown's School Days because the author, Tom Hughes... Yes also went to rugby, so he wrote about the school he went to. Right, that, was a, that was it. But I'm fascinating. I, let me bring up Ted Hughes. Yeah, righto. Ted, <laughs> you haven't heard of Ted Hughes? No. He was England's poet laureate. Wow. And before he got into literature, he was a night watchman and a gardener and a zoo attendant and a teacher. Now, he's more famous, mm-hmm. not for being a poet laureate, he married an American poet by the name of Sylvia Plath. Oh, what a great name. Do you know name. her? I do know that name. Why do I know that name? Well, Sil- I'll come to that in a minute because I was thinking about poets laureate. Oh. Poet laureates are paid by the royal family, so that they're, oh, they're okay. part of the royal household and the first one was a fellow called Ben Johnson Mm -hmm. who was apparently the second most important English writer after Shakespeare Wow! back in the 1600 and he was put on a pension by James I but when he died he hadn't saved much of his pension okay and he was buried in Westminster Abbey, the only one in the whole place buried there standing up because they couldn't afford to pay for the space lying down. And when... <laughs> what? I would think it's still space, regardless of well, no, vertical or horizontal. No, because if you're lying down a six foot long, yeah, he's only had to be the width of a head. Yeah, but they still have to dig it... Six foot, if not oh, eight foot deep. Anyway, that was my pilgrimage on our trip to England in wow. 2012 to find Ben Johnson's grave, and I found it, and it's got a little pla- a little in- yeah. engraving, O Rare Ben Johnson, oh. and they spelt his name wrong. Oh. They spelt it the way of Ben Johnson, the famous Canadian sprinter who oh. got done for doing drugs. No H. Oh, my well, word. Well, I know, I was talking about... <laughs> Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath. Oh, yes, lovely Sylvia. She got through. She missed out on being in the 27 Club because she died age 30. Oh, God bless her. She stuck her head in an oven. Oh, why? To kill herself. Well, she did, was thoughtful. She, yeah, she was. She she had a couple of attempts before. She tried with sleeping pills. Yeah. Didn't work. Mm. Tried with a car accident. Didn't work. Drove Very herself off the road. Mind. I'd been to the house where Ted Hughes was born in 1935. Right. I yeah. didn't. I didn't go there in 1935. No. No. no that's <laughs> when he was born. I yes. went there in 2012. Right. And it's in the West Yorkshire village of. I'm trying to remember how to pronounce it. It's Mytholmroyd. Mytholmroyd, hmm. and it's a few kilometres from where we were staying in Hebden Bridge. And, all right, you want some comedy? Yes, far away. Comedian John Richardson is also from Mytholmroyd. Is that it? He's a comedian. Are you here a week? Do, 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 do you don't watch 8 out of 10 Cats Does Count? Oh, no, I do. I do watch 8 out of 10 Cats Does Count. 
much John that. Richardson's the uh, one of the captains. He's yes. the one with the cardigan. Yes, yes, yes. I think he's a very funny man. So do I. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you a bit of trivia. Just up the hill from Miltomroyd and Hebden Bridge is another village called Heptonstall. And that's where oh, Sylvia, Sylvia Plath is buried. Okay. And we took our daughter Laura there because she was studying Plath at school. Right. Just to see her grave. And it's really interesting because instead of flowers, people take pens and pencils and put them in a bucket oh, and wow. write her notes. Oh, isn't that fascinating? It is fascinating. Yeah. And I've got a quote from Sylvia Plath. Mm-hmm. If you expect nothing from somebody, you will never be disappointed. Anyway, she's buried in St Thomas of Beckett churchyard it's one of the best movies i've ever seen i was reminded of the movie beckett haven't heard of it no. 1964 got 11 oscar nominations right and it starred richard burton as oh, beckett like and peter o'toole oh, as like henry the oh they were a great double act okay. and, and john gilgood was in there as the french king or something yeah, like and that. it was a they, they were fabulous but the reason i'm bringing that up it was produced by... <laughs> Here we go. Hal B. Wallace. We've talked about him before. We have talked about Hal, Hal B. Wallace. Hal Wallace produced, also produced, a few of my favourite movies like Casablanca, hmm. The Maltese Falcon. Yes. True Grit with True John Wayne. Grit, John Wayne. Have you seen it? You know what? I, I feel like I might have seen it way, way, way back in the day, but I, could I tell you what it's about? No. But it's a Western, I'm sure. It's a Western, and he played yeah. a busted-ass old US Marshal called Rooster Cogburn, oh, who come, comes out of retirement Rooster. to Rooster Cogburn, and he wore an eye patch. Oh, I do recall yeah, this. Yeah, and he got his Oscar, and excuse my bad accent, a part of his speech was, who would have thought the only thing is stopping me from getting an Oscar before was my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, and... And he never took the eye patch off. <laughs> no, well, he never took his wig off. He got his first wig oh. in 1948 because he was went bald young. Oh, wow. And you can't be a cowboy with... Well, your Brenner was a cowboy with a bald head, Magnificent oh, Seven, just, but... you know, riding in the hills with the wind yeah. in their hair. <laughs> oh, Brokeback Mountain. Oh, I've never uh, seen that. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> anyway, a guest speaker, he was, yes. he was the guest speaker at a uh, college and the question time came, one of the students said, Mr Wayne, is your hair real? And he answered, it sure is real. It's not mine, but it's real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hal Wallace. I, Hal Wallace, I, oh, yes. I'll try yes. and make Go this back. interesting. Hal Wallace. Yeah, right. He also directed a lot of Elvis movies in the 1960s, early 1960s. Oh. And I love the early Elvis movies. I'm a big Elvis movie well, fan. Well, yeah. you know why I love Viva Las Vegas? Yes. That was the movie that I discovered I was heterosexual. <laughs> I had. I had a moment. I had a moment. I had the hots for Anne Margaret. I would, oh, she was hot. I, I would have been about ten. She would have been about twenty-three. And guess what? What? She's still hot at eighty-two. She is. She looks fabulous. Yeah, it must she... be those Swedish jeans. Oh, was she Swedish? Swedish American. Right. She just put an album out. Oh, you're kidding. No, she put out an album, and it's called Born to Be Wild. <laughs> And she's got Pete Townsend from The Who on guitar and a whole lot of other good musos because she played the mother Mm. in The Who's rock musical Tommy. You don't know the rock opera Tommy? No, I don't think I do. Okay, Anne Margaret was nominated for a Best Actress Oscar for that one and won the Golden Globe for it. And did she sing in that? Yeah. Yeah, right. She played the mother. Uh, 
Tina Turner played the Acid Queen. Wow. And Elton John played the Pinball Wizard. Oh, okay. You got Hang it now? On. There the, was a song Tommy, called The Pinball Wizard, wasn't yes, there? Yes, there was. Yes. And Elton John did it, and The Who did it first for their opera. Right. Because the rock opera is about mm. a deaf, dumb, and blind boy who plays pinball. Pinball, yeah. And she plays the mother. Oh, well, I, I've got the poetry here if you don't far, know the song. Far away. <laughs> Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Soho down to Brighton, I must have played them all. Ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. That deaf, dumb and blind kid sure plays a pinball. You know, we have spoken about this yonks ago. You'd, oh, yes. what a... a, a we we managed to get from cauliflower to, to, a, Tommy. <laughs> to, to a blind <laughs> pinball player. It's just a natural segue. It is. It is. I think we can call that a wrap, okay. which is another word for a late-night lamb kebab. Well, I'm going to end this, mm. Katrina. Yes, Ian. By going back to Shakespeare. Right. I went into a bookshop last week and I asked the bloke behind the counter if they had a play by Shakespeare and he said, which one? And I said, <laughs> William! <laughs> Oh, look, what's wrong with the dad joke to end on? <laughs> well, it'd be good if it was a good one. Well, you pulled the tan. <laughs> what's wrong with it? Oh, everything. But I'm going to go and you can go find a better joke. Hooroo. Bye. Bye.